0: Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore the fresh string quartet known as Brooklyn Rider and the banjo virtuoso and renowned composer Bela Fleck. Ryder was dubbed by the L.A. Times as one of the wonders of contemporary music, and according to Strings Magazine, the future of chamber music. And they will team up with the legendary Bela Fleck at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, January 16th, in a program collaboration titled Night Flight Over Water. So stick around as we discuss these banjo riders today on Music for Life. As our show's tagline states, we are helping to enhance the Armstrong experience, the world-class performing arts series here at Armstrong Auditorium, a world-class venue in terms of fine finishes, comfortable sightlines, and crisp acoustics. The 823-seat theater has been in operation since the fall of 2010 and has brought some of the greatest names in classical, jazz, and folk traditions to central Oklahoma. Just as some concert series will provide a pre-concert lecture before the events, we are doing something similar with most of our Music for Life episodes this year. We have been exploring the music to be performed on the various concerts throughout the season. The more you know going into any performance, the more you will get out of it. And whereas spoilers can ruin a film, concerts are different. This program is all spoiler alerts. We have also been introducing you to the artists themselves, which I think helps enrich the concert experience. Sometimes I feel like my job is to be like a museum curator and explain to you how great these works of art are that you are seeing. In some cases, I feel I need to do the same for the performers coming through, not just their programs, not just the repertoire, so I can let you in on just how accomplished and how amazing these artists are. And today we will discuss the phenomenal artists collaborating on our next event. One is a string quartet, the other is a banjoist. You will recall from earlier episodes that a string quartet is typically considered a very traditional classical institution. It is comprised of two violins, a viola, and a cello. But there are other string quartets that are using that combination of instruments in different styles, like the jazz string quartet we discussed last season, the Turtle Island Quartet. The quartet we are featuring next is called Brooklyn Rider, and they are more on the classical side in one sense— but are reshaping the image of this grouping of instruments based on the kinds of compositions they are performing and based on the collaborations with leading folk musicians of our day. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the instrument they are joining forces with on January 16th at Armstrong Auditorium, the banjo. And of course, we will talk about the banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck. First, let's talk about Brooklyn Rider and hear some examples from them. I'll introduce you to them as I was introduced to them. Several years ago, I was in New York on business. My wife had a rehearsal with the Eroica Trio for a special collaboration they were doing, and I had meetings lined up with the various artist agencies that we work with, agencies that represent the world-class talent we're bringing to Armstrong Auditorium, and one of those agents invited me to a performance at Lincoln Center's Alice Tully Hall that night. They had a new group that they represent performing on that program, and they thought I might be interested. The group was this relatively new string quartet, Brooklyn Rider, and at the time it was comprised of two brothers, Colin and Eric Jacobson, a violinist and cellist, respectively, as well as Nicholas Chords on the viola and another violinist, Johnny Gandelsman. The program began with the premiere of a new work. It was a Philip Glass soundtrack that he had reworked into a string quartet. As is typical at the premiere, the composer, one of the most well-known of our day, was in the audience. And when the suite was over, we all applauded, and the composer stood up from his seat in the front row. At intermission, my wife and I went straight to the lobby to buy the Brooklyn Writers' Philip Glass String Quartet's album, which included this suite. I'll play you the three opening movements of this bent suite by Philip Glass. These movements are all short. Before I do that, though, I should mention that I'm not a buy-the-CD-at-the-concert kind of guy, nor am I just a huge fanboy of Philip Glass, but this performance moved me so much that I parted with a $20 bill and was able to enjoy this string quartet whenever I'd like. Again, here are the first three movements of this eight-movement suite. (laughs) ¶¶ Was the first three movements of the Bent Suite for String Quartet by Philip Glass in a recording by Brooklyn Rider. Before we heard that, I was explaining how I was introduced to Brooklyn Rider and how I heard this piece premiered live at Alice Tully Hall in Lincoln Center, New York. And I'm introducing you to Brooklyn Rider here today in a similar fashion. And later, I'll introduce you to banjo legend Bela Fleck, who will team up with Brooklyn Rider on the Armstrong Auditorium stage on Tuesday, January 16th. Brooklyn Rider formed in 2006, again, two brothers and two other friends who met while members of the Wild Ginger Philharmonic based in Philadelphia. All four had also collaborated with cellist Yo-Yo Ma in his Silk Road project. Since forming their ensemble, they have received much critical acclaim as one of the most innovative string quartets around. They were the only classical group invited to play at the 2010 South by Southwest Festival, whose site says it is one of the most diverse, collaborative, and inventive communities in the world. The magazine Strings called Brooklyn Rider the future of chamber music, as I mentioned at the top of the program. Their album, Almanac, from 2015, includes 15 specifically commissioned pieces from modern composers who were asked to draw on a muse from the past half-century. In one of their most recent collaborations, the group arranged popular vocal music by people like Kate Bush, John Adams, and Bjork to play with mezzo-soprano Anne-Sophie von Otter The group's recordings of Passport, Dominant Curve, and Seven Steps made NPR's Best of the Year lists. The quartet has residencies at Dartmouth College, UNC Chapel Hill, and the University of Texas Austin. Let's hear the next two movements of the Philip Glass suite that I heard premiered in New York, the fourth and fifth movements. I'm going to skip the sixth movement since I played that one on our season preview episode earlier this year. That was the fourth and fifth movements of Philip Glass's Bent Suite for String Quartet performed by Brooklyn Ryder. I've been introducing you to this innovative string quartet. Let's talk about each of its members here briefly. The two brothers who formed Brooklyn Rider were violinist Colin Jacobson and cellist Eric Jacobson. Less than two years ago, Eric cordially parted ways from the quartet because of different commitments, so the group has a new cellist now, but the two brothers still work together on their chamber orchestra called the Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, which is another equally stunning group to keep an eye on, by the way. The cellist in the group is now Michael Nicholas. Before joining the group, Michael worked as a freelance musician, which exposed him to and educated him in all different styles of music. As the newest member of the quartet, he's the only one who was not a part of Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble. However, this Juilliard alum was a member of the International Contemporary Ensemble and Ensemble Ditto, a contemporary ensemble based in South Korea, and was formerly Associate Principal Cellist for the Montreal Symphony. He also published a solo album called Transitions in 2016. The violist for the group is Nicholas Chords, so his first name is the same as the cellist's last name. Nicholas was also educated at the Juilliard School of Music and finished his studies at the Curtis Institute. He has appeared as a soloist on TV and radio shows like The Late Show with David Letterman, Good Morning America, as well as stations in Japan and China. He contributes to NPR's blog Deceptive Cadence and currently has residencies at the Rhode Island School of Design and Harvard University. Nicholas is a member of the Metropolitan Museum Artists and recently gave a lecture at the American Association of Museums National Conference about how to involve music in museum settings. One of the two violinists in this group is Johnny Gandelsman. Born in Russia, he began performing as a soloist from a young age. His father is professor of viola at Michigan State University, his mother is a pianist, and his sister is also a violinist. He moved to the United States 14 years ago and studied at the Curtis Institute. He has played in nearly a dozen orchestras and opera companies, including the Vienna Symphony, the Deutsche Opera, and the Jerusalem Symphony. Gandelsman was the concertmaster of the Wild Ginger Philharmonic before joining the Jacobson Brothers in Brooklyn Rider. He co-founded In a Circle in New York in 2003, a project which combines all types of music like Persian classical rock and bluegrass and also showcases dancers and visual artists occasionally, as well as playing new compositions. He currently lives in Brooklyn with his two children and his wife, Amber Star Merkins, a dancer in the Mark Morris Dance Group, which also tours with the Silk Road Ensemble. Before I introduce you to the founding violinist of the group, I want to play the seventh movement of this suite by Philip Glass that I've been playing. Again, this is the piece I heard premiered in New York over six years ago now, and a great way to get introduced to this innovative quartet. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring the fresh, innovative string quartet known as Brooklyn Rider, as well as the banjo virtuoso and renowned composer Bela Fleck, in the lead-up to their collaboration at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, January 16th, a program titled Night Flight Over Water. We are in the midst of our discussion of Brooklyn Rider. We just heard the seventh movement of Philip Glass's eight-movement bent suite for string quartet, which I heard premiered several years ago in New York. This was how I was introduced to the group, so I was introducing them the same way to those of you who may not yet be familiar with them. Just before that example, I talked specifically about three of the group's four members. Now let's talk a little bit more about Colin Jacobson, the founding violinist of the group and the impetus behind it forming. Colin Jacobson's first major performance was with the New York Philharmonic at age 14, The New York Times said he sounded as if he were born to the instrument and its sweet lyrical possibilities. He was awarded an Avery Fisher career grant not too long after. He founded the ensemble orchestra The Knights, in 2007, about which a documentary was made in 2011. Also in 2011, NPR listeners rated Jacobson one of the top 100 composers under 40. He received a United States Art Fellowship in 2012, which is a reward of $50,000 for work in an artistic field. Here's a short work by Colin Jacobson written for the string quartet called Achilles' Heel. This is the fourth movement titled Sure, S-H-U-R, Landing. We just heard a piece for string quartet, Sure Landing, the fourth movement of Achilles' Heel, a composition by Colin Jacobson, a violinist and founding member of the string quartet, Brooklyn Rider. I have been introducing you to this group on today's program in the lead up to their January 16th Armstrong Auditorium performance. And I thought it fitting to play one of Colin's pieces, as Brooklyn Rider will often feature his compositions. Brooklyn Rider is not only unique for the kinds of compositions it has commissioned and recorded, it is also unique for the many collaborations it has engaged in with vocalists, dancers, and most notably, many leading representatives of ethnic instruments. Performers such as Chinese pipa player Wu Man, who performed last season here at Armstrong Auditorium, Japanese shakuhachi player Kojiro Umezaki, and Persian Comanche player Kehan Kalhor, and that was the collaboration I witnessed in New York when I went to the premiere of that Philip Glass work. Kehan Kalhor was also a featured artist with the string quartet that same night. Napster called Brooklyn Riders' album Silent City, released in 2008, which collaborated with Kehan Kalhor, one of the best world music albums of the decade. Kehan Kalhor again plays the Comancha, which is a bowed string instrument similar to the violin in size and number of strings, but held upright more like the cello as the player sits on the floor and puts the instrument on the floor. Here's a little from that album, Silent City. Was a little from Brooklyn Rider's album *Silent City*, a collaboration with Persian Kamancha player Kehan Kalhor. Brooklyn Rider is a traditional string quartet in terms of composition. Two violins, one viola, one cello, but utterly unique based on the compositions it records and performs, and especially based on the kinds of collaborations they undertake. Many of these collaborations have resulted from their participation in the Silk Road Ensemble founded by Yo-Yo Ma, a world-touring performing arts group dedicated to sharing the unique arts of different cultures. The Silk Road Ensemble, by the way, which the three original members of Brooklyn Rider tour with, won a Grammy in September for the music it produced for the PBS television series The Vietnam War. And when we see Brooklyn Ryder perform at Armstrong Auditorium, it will be another dynamic collaboration with the world-famous banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck. Before we talk about him, let's talk about his instrument, which we only briefly discussed on our Plucked String episode back in the first season of Music for Life, where I was introducing you to the various instrument families. Early forms of the banjo have been traced back to 13th century sub Saharan Africa. The first written record of the banjo was made in 1620 by an explorer who was near the Gambia River. He mentioned an instrument that was made of a great gourd and a neck, thereunto was fastened strings. It was created from a large gourd and covered with animal skins. An account from the Caribbean island Martinique in 1678 mentions slaves playing the banza at gatherings. From the Caribbean, the banjo was brought to the American colonies. The first mention of the banjo in the colonies dates back to 1754 with the mention of a banjar in a Maryland newspaper. In 1781, Thomas Jefferson said of his own slaves, "...the instrument proper to them is the banjar, which they brought hitherto from Africa." Americans in Appalachia took a particular liking to the banjo. In the mid 1800s, Virginian Joel Sweeney learned how to play from his father's slaves, and he started a group called the Sweeney Minstrels. Sweeney became known as the Banjo King. Billy Whitlock, one of Sweeney's pupils, formed the Virginia Minstrels with famous fiddler Dan Emmett in 1843. The group used a fiddle, a banjo, bones, and a tambourine, and usually included dancing. This group inspired young men all over America to learn the instrument. Banjo music also expanded to the West with the gold rush of 1849. Oh Susanna by Stephen Foster, who mentioned a banjo on his knee, was a favorite song of the miners. During World War I, Americans championed musical styles that were quintessentially American. Early forms of jazz fit into this category, but so did banjo music. The banjo also became incorporated into jazz around this time. By the Great Depression, the plucked string instrument of choice among many was the guitar, but in 1945, a North Carolinian by the name of Earl Scruggs revolutionized banjo playing when he learned how to roll across the strings in a way that could keep up with the style of music known as bluegrass. This revived the popularity of the banjo to an extent, and now the five-stringed instrument is most commonly heard in bluegrass, folk, and country music. And as comedian Steve Martin once said...
1: You know, uh... The banjo's such a happy instrument, it really is. It's a good thing uh, for a comedian like me, and uh, it's just a happy thing. You know? Is that happy? You just can't sing a depressing song when you're playing the banjo. You can't go, oh, murder and death <laughs> and grief and sorrow. Really, when you're with me, it's like being at Shakey's Pizza. You know, it's just.
0: The most famous banjo player alive today is one who is coming to Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, January 16th, Bela Fleck. This banjo master is known to take the instrument far beyond the limits of bluegrass and into the genres of jazz, fusion, and pop. Many say he reinvented the instrument's image and sound. Bela was born in 1958 and named after the well-known Hungarian composer Bela Bartók. He took up the banjo at age 15 after being awed by the bluegrass playing of Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs. Many years later, his prolific recording and performing career boasts 15 Grammy Awards and 30 nominations. He has been nominated in more categories than any other instrumentalist in Grammy history. Let's hear an example of his playing. This is him in a pairing with a double bass, the legendary bassist and composer Edgar Meyer, in a recording called B-Song <laughs> You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored a critically acclaimed string quartet and multiple Grammy-winning banjo player, both coming to Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, January 16th, and they will share the stage in a remarkable collaboration. We've heard examples of Brooklyn Rider, Just the Quartet. We've heard one of their collaborations with a leading instrumentalist on what we term an ethnic or folk instrument, the Persian Comancha. We also talked about the artist they will be collaborating with on January 16th at Armstrong Auditorium, the headliner for our season, banjo virtuoso and composer Bela Fleck. We just heard from Bela Fleck, B-song with bassist Edgar Meyer. What will it sound like when a banjo teams up with a string quartet? Well, I hope to play some of that on our next new episode, so I'll save a little for that, where we interview these artists in the lead-up to their Armstrong performance. But in the meantime, let's hear one more example from Bela Fleck on the banjo. Before I do that, I would like to thank Alexa Turgeon, a piano student here at Armstrong College, for all her help in researching for this episode. Remember, all our episodes are archived at kpcg.fm, kpcg.fm, and on SoundCloud and iTunes. More information about these Armstrong Auditorium performances can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can also follow Armstrong Auditorium on social media. Also be sure to follow Music for Life on Twitter and or Facebook at Music for Life PCG for special announcements, links, and updates about this podcast and the programs at Armstrong. So to close out our program, let's hear a track called Railroad. This is another Bela Fleck duet, this time with another banjo player and vocalist who is also his wife, Abigail Washburn. You'll also hear when the banjo is mentioned in the song lyrics that "O oh, Susanna is quoted. I hope you enjoy Railroad, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong. we